0: Welcome to The Radiant Life with Tatiana. I am your host, and I'm obsessed with empowering you to live and create the best life possible. I'm a master mindset coach, breathwork facilitator, and a passionate little Latina who loves sharing the magic behind your subconscious mind and energetics. If you're looking to uplevel your mindset, learn all about spirituality and manifestation, and to be inspired in making a change to embody your best self, you are in the right place. My goal is for you to see and unlock your limitless potential, to have the tools to break free from the chains holding you back so you can create and live your most radiant life. I am so excited to have you here listening today. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello, loves, and welcome to the Radiant Life Podcast. Today's episode is an interview with Millie Fox, who is a manifestation and business coach who uses unconventional manifestation methods that work for real women in life and in business. And today's conversation is all about talking the truths of really what it takes to manifest, and how to embody more of who you are, your true self, with love, grace, and compassion. She shares her journey and how she supports women in real life with real practices that truly work when it comes to manifestation. This is a beautiful, juicy conversation. I hope it's everything you need to hear, so let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode on the Radiant Life Podcast. Today we have Millie Fox here and she's going to be sharing so much juice. She is a mom and a thriving manifestation and business coach and she uses unconventional manifestation methods that work for real women in life and business and I'm so excited for you to explain a little bit more of what that means in a world where manifestation is like very hot and trendy right now. Um yeah. welcome Millie, I'm excited to have you here.
1: Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. When I, when I like dove into the title of manifestation coach, cause prior to, I was like, I was going with self-love coach. Mm. And what I recognized was that everything that I was teaching really did fit under the umbrella of manifestation and, and was required to manifest in the most authentic and powerful mm. way. Yeah. Um, And I took, yeah, manifestation became so trendy. And I didn't even realize it was happening right as I actually chose that to be (laughs) my niche. And I was like, oh, darn, now I'm just another manifestation coach. (laughs) But um, that did not discourage me because I have, like you mentioned, like this unique and unconventional sort of approach to it because I'm not coming from it Uh, I'm not coming to it from a place of let's just vision board and do affirmations and, you know,
0: Positive vibes only type. Not at
1: all. Right. Like those things are great and you can find out how to do that stuff anywhere. You know, it's like, you can Google a nine step manifestation process if you want to, but that's not where the real work comes in. And I just see something so much more valuable and deeper Uh, once you, once you are kind of over the flashy side of manifestation, Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh, this is actually the work to create the human. I want to be. And the life that lights up that human, not the one that, like, I see on Instagram and Pinterest. Um, Yeah, with
0: all of the material things.
1: Yeah, so in my messaging recently, I've been saying, like, you're kind of at the point where the French Polynesian vacations.
0: (laughs) I saw something.
1: (laughs) the G wagons and Chanel bags are making you roll your eyes just a little bit. Like you still are down for that stuff. You love it. Like, I love luxury. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for like giving yourself full permission to like, I went hotel lobby hopping this weekend. Like, I just, you know, I'm here, but at the same time, that's not what I'm focusing on when I'm doing my manifestation work. I'm focusing on, you know, who do I want to be? And I want to be proud of myself and I want to be proud Mm. of my life, not for the external accomplishments, but because of who I'm being when I'm showing up, like in my relationships, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Like your whole life. Okay. Before we go deeper into that, let's start off with, for those listening, just share a little bit of like who you are now, Mm -hmm. what you Mm -hmm. fully do. And can you share just like, how did you get into, into this work and doing what you do? What's been your journey around that? And then we'll dive deeper into what this means.
1: Okay. Where do I start? Okay. So (laughs) how did I get into this? I always wanted to work in the realm of like psychology. Let's just put that. Like I have homework from when I was seven years old that says when I grow up, I want to be a psychologist. So I've always had this fascination with humans and the mind and um, I did what I set out to do. I got a degree in psychology and I was convinced I was going to do my PhD and become a psychologist and all of that but I got through my undergrad and I was like whoa this is so textbook stuff like Mm. this is not real lived experience stuff like I want to be in the nitty-gritty of life with people. I don't want to spend seven more years in school, you know, studying books and studying. Yeah. Like, and every textbook felt like I was reading the same thing through a different lens. And I was like, oh, this is actually so boring. Um, So I got out with my undergrad and I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? I thought, I had recently gone on a bit of a health journey myself I'd I'd gotten into the gym which I had never been interested in like activity (laughs) activity or you know sports or anything like that previously in my life like gym was my most hated subject in school which is funny but I so I got into the gym I got into this like strength journey and it really changed my perspective on like the whole like well, I I always prioritize the mind, right? Like mm-hmm. I always thought that it was just so much more like intellect was more, so much more valuable and important than physicality. And that really changed my perspective. So I I was like, hmm, well, why don't I become a personal trainer for a while until mm-hmm. I like figure my life out, right? Yeah. So I became a trainer. And then I went on like a nutrition journey. I feel like this is a very typical sort of journey. And I've met so many people in the coaching. I would say
0: it's so that, much like me too, but it's, yeah. we start with our external shell sometimes to then realize, oh, it's actually within us.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I did this whole, the physical journey was a really, really important part of it for me. Cause like I said, I only prioritize the intellect. And so coming through and and then bringing in the physical like I really enjoyed that part of my journey but then I realized I didn't actually enjoy fitness or nutrition coaching. I didn't mm-hmm. actually want to be helping other people with those things. I I was glad that I learned them and that I could apply them to my life and the people's lives around me that I loved and have it in my back pocket too. Like it's yeah. very valuable to have like those certifications that I've done. Um and I just had this limiting belief at the time. Cause I was quite young, you know, 23, uh, thinking that I couldn't be a life coach. Cause I didn't, even though I had lived a lot of life experience, mm-hmm. because I actually came from quite a traumatic, um, childhood. And that's part of the reason why I was interested in psychology to begin with, because I thought, Whoa, like I need to understand where people go wrong. You know what mm, I mean? Wow. That's, that was always my mission. Like, Hey, if we could figure this out for people like we could prevent a lot of sadness right and that that i figured that out as a kid right basically like oh you know this is mental stuff um wow. uh, but so i went on that journey and was had this limiting belief that i was too young and I played that out for a while, you know, like kind of dabbling with the nutrition and not feeling fully satisfied by it. And then I kind of went into like the fertility world because I was also going through that part of my life wanting to have kids, was very passionate about natural fertility and, and birthing. And so I became oh. a doula for a minute and that was really fun. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. So women's health, right? Like the the process of becoming a mother, matrescence is the word for it. It just all like the women's journey like very much fascinates me, right? Because I was just, you know, I saw my mom. Like that, that was mm-hmm. the major impact in my life is that my mom struggled a lot, a lot, a lot. And you know, after my brother was born, she had postpartum depression. And then, you know, that's where the spiral started. Sort of started to happen for her with like her mental health, so it was really natural progression for me in terms of the study path I took. And then, after I had my son, he was a couple years old already. I had another foray into a completely different business. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I had a product based business, I made baby carriers for a while um which I sold and then uh, I was like okay I'm claiming this like I started coaching I started actually just like life coaching um on the topics that I was really passionate about so that's now been probably three plus years three four years that I've just said okay listen like you know, I, I'm not just injecting my wisdom into nutrition. And yeah, this because you do do that as a fitness and nutrition coach, you do give a lot of like mindset advice and life advice
0: mm-hmm.
1: and whatever. But now I'm at a place where I'm really, really just teaching exactly what I've wanted to always teach which you're in alignment. Exactly. and And the journey was exactly the way that it was supposed to be.
0: Yeah, that's actually really funny. I, we, I have a very similar story. It started with health coaching too, and the same same limiting belief. Well, who am I to support people with life or mindset when I'm only this, you know, whatever age? Are there all these beliefs, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, you you have all of us have natural gifts and wisdom, and like some yeah. people just it clicks, and we can support people that way. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. yay to coming back to that. Yeah. Um. So you. You, you support a lot of moms, and I, I think that's amazing because I think that topic itself is. I know we were talking about this on our live like having community and support, and not having women believe we have to do that alone. Yeah. But how have you now integrated these unconventional? manifestation methods with now the work that you're doing and how did you kind of go about either learning that was it through experience or studying or just you creating your own ways to kind of actually understand like the truth around manifestation outside of these vision boards that Mm. everybody talks about (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so for me uh my coping mechanism from like the the traumatic experiences I had was perfectionism Mm. it was like severe like overachieving Overdoing, like you know, really high grades, all the extracurriculars, like try to it all. look perfect, be perfect, like all of the things to try to feel worthy and loved, right? So I discovered this about myself somewhere along the journey that like this was actually a huge cover up for like low self-worth and self-loathing, right? Like I was like, how could I how could I not love myself? Like I'm so great on paper. Right. Mm. And I was like, that's not like, that's not different. How do you talk to yourself? You know, how do you um, navigate your internal relationship? And then also the external relationships piece too. I was, I had a moment where I was like, you know uh, you can judge the quality of, of your life based on the quality of your relationships. And I had a look around and I was like, Ooh, this is not, you know, like this is <laughs> that there was like some real reality checks there for me. And what what I ended up encountering was uh, the work of Brene Brown
0: okay, yeah. made
1: a huge, huge impact on my life, most specifically the gifts of imperfection. Mm-hmm. I unraveled my perfectionism and started to view it almost like an addiction in a sense, right? Because it is, it's like Mm -hmm. an addictive self-destructive cycle to external validation um, and trying to run from painful human emotions, which are inevitable, right? Judgment, shame, blame, those type of things. So I've dedicated myself to what I originally was calling like a wholehearted manifestation practice, which really just means like we came here to experience a full range of human emotions. We came here to experience, uh, you know, a, a very dynamic array of things. And I think the mainstream manifestation world really kind of makes you feel bad for feeling bad. Yeah. And like, even in Abraham Hicks, which I love listening to, they say, when you're feeling negative, thoughts or when you're feeling negative emotions you're moving you're moving farther away from who you really are
0: mm-hmm. Which
1: is, is it, it it while it has truth like I actually I do believe that's true there's so much shame wrapped up in that in and I I teach manifestation from what I call compassion focused uh lens right and so yeah. what what is, is compassion is the antidote to perfectionism compassion is the antidote to shame um compassion is so powerful and it's not just this warm fuzzy thing right because there's yin compassion there's yang compassion uh, it's not all just like sweetness and honey right compassion can be boundaries compassion can be um you know being more stern with yourself, like internal boundaries, right? So it's, it's this unraveling of perfectionism and taking a deep look at shame that exists in this personal development world and manifestation world and addressing that head on and allowing you, giving you permission to have a full human experience and to revel in that and like to feel those moments. Like, you know, sometimes when you have a really hard time in life and it's like it's it's painful and it's shitty. Those can be some of the most beautiful moments. You know, you, yeah. can, you can actually like have these moments of like, wow, life is like that tragically beautiful, right? Like those rom, it's kind of like that romance and depth that's brought to to life that I think is so, it just makes the lived experience so rich, you know? Yeah.
0: I think I tell like my clients all the time. I'm like, we can't feel the highs of the highs. If we don't feel the lows of the lows, we need that contrast. We need to learn those lessons. It's building you stronger. And, and I love that you, you know, you stand for this because I stand for it too. It's like negative emotions aren't bad. That's again, just a label. Like how can you see even in my programs, I try not even to use the word negative emotions. Cause again, that's a label too. Oh, that's a bad or good emotion. It's like, it's just a lower vibrational emotion. So instead of judging it, just, okay, cool. I feel angry right now. I feel sad. Mm -hmm. This is what's arising. Exactly. So what can I learn? What's why and how can I feel it, but not collapse into it and rise up from it. And
1: that's part of the, the the compassion that I teach, mindful self-compassion. There's three key elements to it. And one of those elements is mindfulness. And the mindfulness piece is not over-identifying with the emotions and also not uh, sweeping them under the rug, right? Yeah. There's two, there's two extremes with it and sometimes in like manifestation we can really over identify with the emotions because we're trying to fix them or figure yeah. them out you know we uncover all these limiting beliefs and we spend so much energy on that it's like do we really need to do we really yeah. need to? and then on the other side of it, it's like oh don't think that negative thought if you think that negative thought you're giving power to it you're giving it momentum just like mm-hmm. gaslight yourself into you know, just don't even, you know, pay that any attention. It's like, okay. Well, and then you're going
0: into avoidant, in, and it's like, uh, no, you, then it's going to explode like a volcano one day.
1: Hello. There is a middle ground. There are tools for you to know how to actually like regulate yourself emotionally. And, and I actually, Oh, even the word regulate kind of gets me now. Cause I've started to mm. study sort of like the nervous system stuff. And it's like, not necessarily even regulation. It's, it's nervous system like uh, it's understanding Mm. right it's 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 appreciation it's working with
0: the awareness of your
1: your physicality too right because the nervous system like the somatics of everything is is very real and true and when your body's responding it's responding exactly how it's designed to respond right Mm -hmm. like for hundreds of thousands of years of evolution right it's like okay well let's look at the circumstances here let's look at like the meaning we're giving to the circumstances and not Mm -hmm. shame the coping mechanism and not shame the the bodily response to it and like we have to like regulate it yeah whip it into shape you know it's like
0: I love that you're bringing this to my awareness because I I have used that word too but yeah even the regulation comes from a place of like something's wrong and like and of course like you're working on improving it, but like meeting it where it's at versus like, I got to do something to fix myself.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's like the limiting belief work too. It's like, are we looking at these limiting beliefs to try to like eradicate them or we Mm. look at them with compassion are we looking at our nervous system with compassion like oh hey you're doing your job you know let's look at the root of why you feel you have to respond this way to begin with right and and I actually am guilty of it because I signed up for a nervous system you know let's call it regulation um, membership and I came in going damn I gotta get my nervous system under control you know, oh. I'm like off the rails with my nervous system. It's so over. Like I'm hyper vigilant, and I need to like oh God, I need to calm down. You know, and then the, the first lesson was, hey, actually, your nervous system is reacting exactly how it's supposed to, mm-hmm. and we're not making that wrong. And I was like,
0: hmm. like just feel that permission when you hear that right there. Right? You right. feel that. You're like, oh. I'm okay.
1: Yeah. Like, okay. I'm, I'm activated. Yeah. Okay. I'm activated. Okay. Like just
0: that is like, it just is what that is. And like, now how can I move through that versus shaming or judging myself? Like I shouldn't be triggered right now. I shouldn't be activated. It's like, no, like our body has these mechanisms for a reason. Yeah. Maybe it's getting activated too much for reasons that could be um, handled differently, but it's like, that's just bringing more shame and judgment or or, it's too much pressure right yeah
1: it's so much pressure and that's what I seek to to address and pop the pressure bubbles really and and the worry like especially the the perfectionist overachieving mind and worry like is oh my gosh if I pop the pressure or if I give myself compassion or if I if I even consider self-acceptance I'm gonna be mediocre I'm gonna Not be like, good I'm not enough. Going to be as excellent as I want to be. Like I have to be hard on myself. I have to be this. I have to do that in order to live the life that I know I'm meant to live. You know what I mean? It's like, does it? Is it? Do you really need to approach it that way come to come from what that? What you want to achieve? You it's because you don't trust yourself. That's why. Mm. That's why.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because if you trust yourself, there's grace and there's ease. And acceptance,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and so that's another pillar of compassion focused manifestation. self trust
0: that we uh, work on, I love this, I think it's huge, especially when we're in a society like you said, that it I don't know when manifestation popped off and got trendy. I started learning about it in 2016, 2017, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's all I see now, and like you see. Yeah people on tiktok or things like telling you like and I do them too but like I think at the end of the day manifestation is doing the inner work. You got to mm-hmm. heal the layers, you got to come back to who you are. You got to um trust yourself and mm-hmm. and love yourself and that's when you can manifest cuz that's when you're raising your vibration and you're in alignment to yourself. Yeah. And I think this is a beautiful awareness to bring to the world
1: yeah like all those tactics manifestation tactics and tricks and methods and whatever those are like the bells and whistles and the accessories right like yes they're not what drives the car you know they're really not and obviously we know that the enemy of manifestation is resistance right
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you
1: just have to look at that and like this is why I call I I I created compassion focused manifestation, because I truly, truly believe that the teachings of compassion, which are are rooted in um, mindful self-compassion that I brought up before, which is created by uh, Dr. Kristen Neff mm-hmm. and um, Garner. I'm going to forget his first name. I think it might be Scott Garner, something like that. But Dr. Kristen Neff's work is really where where, where it's rooted in for me. And it's, it it's, it pops the bubble of resistance, like compassion pops so many different areas that can cause that resistance.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's just, oh, it's, it's, I could talk about it all day, because you just, it when you hear the word compassion, you think, okay, yeah, like feeling feeling sorry for someone or feeling you mm-hmm. know it's 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 quite simplified but when you look at all of the elements that are actually involved like i said there's the three parts there's there's mindfulness uh there's common humanity and there's loving kindness those are like the three the big three parts of mindful self-compassion and then we when we go into each of those there's so much to learn
0: really yeah. and, what yeah. would you say to someone who's listening who struggles with compassion for themselves like what would you say would be like the first step you're like okay cool I need to be compassionate but like some some people may not even know like fully what that looks like because there's so much pressure what would Mm -hmm. you say
1: well in gifts of imperfection by Brene Brown which is where I actually discovered Dr. Kristen Neff's work because Mm -hmm. she uh, she talks about compassion in there um there's a quote about love, love self-love but love in general really is to stop thinking of it as a feeling and start viewing it as an action.
0: Mm, and I, love
1: that. I think lo- love and compassion are very intertwined, right? And, and yeah. some people have a hard time with the concept of self-love because they think, well, I don't feel warm and fuzzy toward myself. I can't possibly imagine feeling warm and fuzzy towards myself, which I felt that way. I experienced that when I started my self-love journey before mm-hmm. I really dove into the idea of compassionate self. Um, and it's, it's that idea of like, well, what actions are loving? What actions are compassionate? What words are compassionate? What choices are compassionate towards myself rather than, Oh, do I just feel it?
0: Mm. You know, Yeah. yeah. It's true it's like, well how are you showing up for yourself every single day? How do you speak to yourself And it's I tell I tell people I'm like if you wouldn't say those things to your best friend or your daughter or your sister or mother, it's like why are you saying them to yourself mm-hmm. And so it's how can you take that action like you're saying and speak to yourself in a way that is empowering and respectful and nurturing because you're not a doormat for yourself and it's like why, why treat yourself so poorly? And instead, how can you treat yourself with love and care?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And there's just so many different practices and tangible things that we can be doing in our day-to-day that create this really safe home base within ourselves. And that's like manifestation. We know it's about who we are, not what we do.
0: Yeah, like you said, those are all like, I like to call them like sprinkles and whipped cream and like cherry on top, but that's like not the foundation.
1: Yeah. And so if we look at it, if we look at mainstream manifestation and the way they teach this concept specifically, like it's identity, right. It's like self-image. It's very external. It's very like be a boss,
0: babe. Mm -hmm. Like,
1: (laughs) you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's, well, what what quality, what the values, like values are so important. Like that is a huge part of the way that I teach. Like a lot of people are not in touch with, um, or can't tell you straight off the hop. Like if you get into a conversation, well, what are your top five values? What do you value most in, in life? And, you know, are you actually intentionally creating your life in alignment with those values?
0: Yeah, your values right. dictate everything. They are the driving force of why you do the way you, what you do.
1: Yeah, they they are the second most actually powerful subconscious driver of behavior. Mm-hmm. So if you don't, that's from my neurolinguistic programming <laughs> <laughs> uh, With you. Yeah, if you don't know, if you're not in touch with if you haven't spent the time thinking about it like clarity is so 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 important for identity for manifestation for that right and and your values really are a part a huge part of your identity right so that is like paramount to
0: to your successes in life because if you're not feeling good that means you're probably doing something that's not in alignment with your values and if you don't know what your values are then you don't know what changes Mm -hmm. to make
1: exactly and even if you like if you feel a lot of imposter syndrome for example that's something to look at it's like Mm -hmm. are you living because i the way i view imposter syndrome it's like it can mean one of two things it can mean that you're out of integrity or it could mean that you're just mm-hmm. growing and you, you know, you're having like growing pains, but you got to look at both sides because I think most people, when they teach about imposter syndrome or learn about it, it's like, Oh, just, you know, ignore it.
0: Fake it till you make it type Pick of it thing.
1: Make it. It's like, well, it could be telling you something, you know, let's look yeah. at that first and say like, Hey, and, and then even just looking at your values, like are these truly the things that you value or are you valuing these things because you're you're told you should
0: mm.
1: you know what I mean like yep. and some people especially like around money stuff I find this comes up a lot in relationships too like if you look at people's values their values don't link up with what they they're saying that they want yeah you say well, I, really <laughs> I really want this I really and that but it's like yeah but it goes against what you actually are are you know feeling is Mm -hmm. most important and some of that can be uh stories and limiting beliefs like oh well if i if i don't put this first in my life or if i don't prioritize this first in my life that means i'm a bad person right so
0: again the labels
1: and identity
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right so it's all super fascinating to me and uh yeah, I've just never heard anyone teach it from this perspective before. I've actually, I've never even heard anyone else bring up the word compassion while teaching manifestation. So um, it's just interesting for me, the way that it all kind of came out and came together because I wasn't, I wasn't originally teaching manifestation. Right. Mm -hmm. And you said, when did manifestation become thing? I've known about manifestation for the better part of my life because my dad was into it. Like oh. he would read, you know, the power of positive thinking and, um, you know, he would always influence me, uh, with the, the, the stuff he was, he was always into personal development. So I'd have been spiritual things. Actually, both my parents, um, had like a spiritual sort of, of side to them. So I always had this sort of knowing of it. And then my dad had gifted me some like Abraham Hicks CDs when I started to drive and I would listen to them, you I know, love that. But I kind of fell away from it, you know, in my early 20s, I would say, because it was kind of like, this is a fun party trick, you yeah. know, but I've got my real life to build, you know. So I kind of fell away from it. But then when I got really heavily back into my personal development journey, um, you know, coming into becoming a mother myself and stuff, it was like and Instagram, I would say Instagram played a big role in, you know, finding people who were. Teaching on it too, right? And being like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then having things click like, oh, and the things that I'm really into and the, you know, Brene Brown's work and Kristen Neff's work. I was like, this is the missing piece. This is the missing piece. And, and oh, man, when people come into my containers and they start learning it from this perspective, they're like, oh my gosh, like it's never clicked so deeply. Yeah until I heard you speak about it this way. And it's like, this is what I've been looking for. And I'm like, that is, I know I'm living my purpose. Like it's mm-hmm. so, it's so in alignment with my freaking human design incarnation. Boss. Let's just put it that way.
0: <laughs> I love that. And I I think that's so, that's so true. And I think that's why, you know, I don't really use in the terms of like compassion, but it's, it's in the same realm that I, I coach on too. It's like, how can you do this with more grace with yourself, yeah, grace more love, a beautiful word. Yeah. and versus like do do hustle like judgment? Mm-hmm. Something that just keeps popping in here for me is talking a little bit more on moms. So I'm not a mom, so I have no experience, and so I don't work too much with moms. But I do know like we have mom listeners, and some women are like, okay, well, what would you recommend when you're busy with kids or you lost your identity after kids or what you do, like it, it, you know, they're, they're so focused on their children. And I would just love to hear your point of view on just as a mom and how you balance and integrate and support other moms through this, this journey.
1: Yeah. So, um, not, I do have women just say, just to say that come into my spaces that are not moms, So it's not all just through the lens of motherhood. However, I did build it with moms in mind because, and busy women, just period, right? Like we're all busy. We all have a lot going on. And what I noticed when I took other manifestation trainings was, geez, the amount of work that they wanted you to do. And these programs were designed by older white men, you know, childless, younger women, like no offense.
0: Yeah, no, it's fine.
1: It's like the amount of work and journaling and the length of the trainings and the number of times they want you to listen to this stuff. I was like, oh my God, another thing for me to feel like I'm not doing good enough at, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, So the way that I designed it was short, accessible, permission giving, low pressure, like, hey, just like inject this throughout your day, you know, it's almost like, it's funny, I was listening to this a couple of different TikToks recently about like the difference between, let's say, American culture and European culture, where in American culture, all of the things that are like naturally good for us are taken out of our lifestyles, and then injected back in, in ways that we have to like pay for them. So, like physical activity, we need to go and get a gym membership, or like nutrition, we need to go and buy all these supplements, Organic,
0: or even you know, water.
1: Instead of just having it inbuilt into the way of life, right? So that's why I call it, like I had a framework that I called Manifest OS because I'm like, you need to just make this your operating system. Like you need to make this your way of viewing the world, your way of being, your way of just approaching and handling your life instead of feeling like, oh man, I need to go do my manifestation practice that I haven't like, and then feeling guilty that you're, you know, you haven't journaled and sat and meditated and All that stuff. Like, I will be completely honest with you. I don't have a very regular manifestation practice. I just have a way of being Mm -hmm. and living. And I do the things that I feel called to do. Yes, I'll go through periods where I journal a lot. Yes, I'll go through periods where I meditate. Do I do those things every day? Do I have a 5 a.m. routine? No, sometimes I've done that. There Mm -hmm. have been periods where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start getting up early and doing these things because it felt like what I needed, right? It felt juicy and delicious. That's the, the terminology I use all the time because when your practice starts to make you feel yucky or resistant or um, not good enough or guilty or whatever, that's not serving you.
0: Uh-uh. That, is,
1: that is not serving you. So it's about releasing the shoulds and giving yourself permission to And it's trust. Listen, again, it's self-trust to always know that you're going to give yourself what you need. A lot of this is about trusting yourself to, first of all, know what you need, have the Mm -hmm. awareness. I call it compassionate awareness, to be a compassionate witness for yourself and to know that you're going to come back to the practices or find new practices. Yeah. The like, feet juicy and delicious for you.
0: What feels good at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And like, of course, like uh, I I teach and preach, like, yeah, journal meditate. Cause I think there are habits that, like I said, our society doesn't teach us healthy ways yeah. to move through it. But like it comes to a point with my clients, I'm like, yo, you don't need to be doing this every day. Yeah. This is if this was just, just to perfect. teach you how to connect back to yourself. Yeah. But then now it's like, if you want to go dance, dance. If you want to yeah. go walk barefoot, barefoot, like it's finding ways to. Embody you, and then having these tools. If you need to move through something, cool, go do breathwork. Cool, journal it out. But it's not like that's again like a very masculine, routine like oriented do yeah. do do. Yeah, to check off like, to check off the check boxes. I exactly, fell into that exactly. Was, oh.
1: <laughs> that's it. Like we don't do the things just to check boxes. Right. That's exactly it. That's, and that's and so it's like more of a menu of like, oh, well, what do I want to taste today? Right. Yes. It's like, and that and that question is the it's actually the most compassionate question you can ask yourself. What do I need?
0: Yeah. I tell I literally said that I call it a routine menu. Like, what are things that light you up yeah. and feel good? That and, and in the morning, okay, what are two things I can do today? What do I what feels yeah. right? And that's how you build that trust. Yeah.
1: And to me, it's about the, again, I always wrap it back into identity because it's just so important for manifestation. But so I teach these three levels of identity. There's your source level of identity, there's your human level of identity, and there's your vortex level of identity, right? And so the menus are like, okay, well, how can I connect with each Mm -hmm. of these levels it doesn't mean you need to connect with each level every day Mm -hmm. but then you have these menus of activities that you know like well I know I'm always in relationship with myself and I'm building in these three levels of identity which is helping me become the woman who has my dream life so yeah and then it's like well which one feels the most juicy and delicious for me at this moment in time and so maybe it's not that you're doing different things every single day, but you get into these little sort of ebbs and flows of these, like, routines, right? Like, I know, I know my routines switch up. Like, every, mm-hmm. few, usually for me, it's like, I'll get into a routine for, like, three to six weeks. Mm-hmm maybe sometimes longer maybe sometimes it'll last like 8 12 but i'll get in a group and then life will happen right like something always comes up and then it's like oh look there's the natural wrench in the in the routine and instead of guilting myself to get back to the exact same routine i had before i'm like okay well what feels good now what works now what like you know time, maybe timing changes or the vibe changes. Like I'm not feeling the gym anymore. I want to hit yoga. Like, you know,
0: it's It's where we move through seasons. I I think it's when we give ourselves a permission. Like when I started seeing myself, not only as a woman who goes through a 28 day seasonal cycle, but I was like, I'm also like nature who has four different seasons outside of me living here in Florida. And I'm like, Uh how can I just be like, okay. I'm in a winter season where I I just desire to pull back a little bit and not go so hard. And then sometimes I'm in spring and I'm like, I want to go work out and exercise and do all these things. Cause I personally just been experiencing that. And I'm like, but it's also finding that trust that you're not going to get stuck in a season that doesn't serve you. And because Mm -hmm. of like laziness, like because body movement, I believe is important and not coming back. It's like, well, my body doesn't want that right now. You know, I, I've heard, heard of that, but it's like, okay, but are you still doing things that are serving you at Mm -hmm. the end of the day?
1: Mm hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally get that. So it's so interesting, too, because I went through this, I just witnessed myself go through this like winter slash more feminine phase where I was hitting the gym like pretty hard and regularly up until I would say, yeah, the cold weather started, right? Because I'm in Canada. (laughs) And then things happened, like my mom passed away in November. So like I said, life happened. And mm-hmm. then I moved into this more like feminine play also in my business too. It was like so fascinating to watch myself. Um, and I stopped, I paused my gym membership and just have been doing like yoga, not every day. I never do anything every day, but very regularly and just mm-hmm. slowed down for the winter. And word and nurture myself. And now I'm feeling like the itch. Like I actually am like, Hmm, do I want to unpause my gym membership? Like
0: springs around the corner. You feel different.
1: Yeah. It's so fascinating.
0: I love that. And I think it just brings back in more of this feminine energy. I don't want to say movement awareness around how can we operate in our worlds with more of that feminine energy <laughs> um because for me I, I worked I operated in such a masculine way and mm-hmm. I didn't give myself the permission to take a break like i used to it was like no i have to work out every single day and then i went through a season myself where i may have let it lingered a little longer than it should have and but hey we're here there's no judgment yeah. and now i'm like okay i'm still not desiring to go to the gym my gym also like isn't fully open. So I've been just doing Pilates and yoga yeah. at home and I'm like, okay, this feels good. I should probably like, not should like, I feel at it, nice. it sooner because I was like, I didn't even think of like, oh, I like, can YouTube Pilates classes. Like it just didn't like click in my head and yeah, yeah, going yeah. somewhere, yeah. but now I know. And mm-hmm. so it, but it feels good. And I feel like I'm more in my feminine energy. Of, like, what feels good today? Like today was a walk.
1: Yeah. Yeah exactly exactly and it's that it's just that self-trust that like self-awareness you come back to it because I've witnessed myself I do witness myself like I call myself a recovering perfectionist okay because I don't believe that that's something that ever fully goes away I believe perfectionism exists on like a spectrum and that you're always going to have those moments where you like have the perfectionist like rear its head right mm-hmm. and so sometimes I I, I do I witness myself I'm like oh you're like you're getting a little I don't want to say unhealthy but like you're getting restrictive in the way that you're approaching this like there's mm-hmm. a lot of shoulds happening how can you release that like how mm-hmm. can you whew, exhale and like What are your
0: best, what are your go to practices when you come into that awareness? Is there any activities that you know allow you to give you that like relaxation, release?
1: I I honestly, I think permission is usually just the thing where Mm -hmm. I'm like, where am I telling myself I'm not allowed?
0: Mm -hmm. I just have
1: this conversation with myself where I'm like, where am I telling myself that this has to be this way and this is the only way that it's going to work? And then I go, well, what's, what's actually true? I, I, a lot of this actually came to me from studying like the work of Byron Katie. Do you know the work? She has got like four mm-hmm. questions. It's an inquiry. So the four questions are, is it true? Can I know for sure that it's true? Who am I when I believe this thought? And who am I when I re- like release this thought? Basically,
0: mm, it's powerful.
1: Um, And then the the, the, after that is a process that she calls the turnarounds. And the turnarounds are like, well, what if the opposite is true? Or like if it's involving someone else and you're like saying, oh, this person is this way or that way, then the question is, well, am I actually being this way or that way? Mm -hmm. And it's just a really fascinating way to like put yourself in different perspectives, which I love. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Perspective is like,
0: it well, is it's every
1: it's, it's everything and like you know a course in miracles I don't know if you're into course in miracles but the
0: definition I haven't read it but I've I know passages of it yeah.
1: yes. so the definition of a miracle is this shift in perspective right so like give gifting yourself that through the it's I, I guess to me I just it's permission where I'm like is this does this have to be true for me
0: hmm. Yeah.
1: No, not really. Right. Like, so what, what can I
0: do instead?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What feels juicy and delicious. What do I need?
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like when you become a master at being able to reframe or shift your perspective, that's when you are tapping into your potential versus allowing the circumstances to dictate.
1: Yeah absolutely and that's another thing I had to learn from a compassionate lens because there's also this like really rigid way you can approach that and like it's almost like I said before like gaslighting yourself like Mm. making yourself feel bad about your beliefs or the ways that you feel like oh you shouldn't feel that way oh you should have the tools to deal with this you should have the tools to get yourself out of this funk you know what I mean like that's yucky
0: yeah I mean like and then that makes you not want to do it more if you're coming with such a like judgy pressure to it
1: yeah so it's it's pop it's bringing out that shame and just shining a light on it and and that's that's my strength is like I've had all of these thoughts personally yeah a perfectionist like going through the manifestation world and he like Just having that mental script of like, these are the things I told myself when I was doing that or when I was doing this and knowing it and knowing that other people are having those exact same thought processes and their teachers that they're learning from, that they're learning manifestation from. No one's going, hey, by the way you might have this like little speed bump or pothole over here when you're doing this process. Mm -hmm. So just like keep an eye for that and know that it's okay. And here's how you can approach it. Like with compassion to not let that derail you.
0: Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. I'm glad that. I, I hope this is supporting those who are listening to really. Maybe change their view on how they approach things in their life and. Not have to be so hard on yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really, really powerful because it frees you back up to be effective.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. It sets you free because right now you're like constricted. You have like all of these rules or labels or attachments on you. But then once you just like give yourself grace and compassion, you're like, you're just fucking human. Like, how can you just see yourself? for knowing that you're doing the best you can with what you have in this very moment.
1: I saw this meme the other day. It made me laugh so much because it was like a stressful day for me. And it was like, maybe, I don't know, a therapist's office or something. And then, you know, there's like the inhale, exhale art. Oh yeah. The way that it was was positioned on the wall, the the meme said something like, if you're feeling stressed today, don't forget to in-ex-ha-ha-lele because it was just the way that it was (laughs) The way, because the way the one word was written, kind of, you
0: know, oh my you know God.
1: this piece and that piece, and in ex-ha-ha-lele. <laughs> 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 it's funny. And also, yeah, can you just like breathe and exhale and chill? Can you chill? Here you yeah,
0: that's really what it comes down to. It's and social media doesn't help ever. Like, does not help with this comparison or pressure. Mm -hmm. I gotta do this 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 and it's like no no whoa whoa says (laughs)
1: yeah exactly exactly one of the most powerful lessons I learned um coming from like that perfectionist people pleasing thing was the truth is you don't owe anybody anything
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and I and I when I say that to people I'm like I know this is a really tough like ooh, it might sting because you think you do but you really don't you owe yourself like, mm-hmm. why are you allowing yourself? You, when people put each other like people pleasing, right? They'll put everybody else's needs first, but them. And I'm like, why mm-hmm. do you allow yourself to disappoint yourself and disrespect yourself mm-hmm. over and over again? But you won't allow yourself to disappoint anybody else. You, like, you're yeah. your number one priority. Yeah. The the
1: exactly. I think the fear is that like people are so afraid of becoming like narcissistic right? Mm-hmm. Especially with the amount that that word is thrown around. And it makes me
0: mm-hmm. uh, it gives me
1: pause because like, legit, I had a mom who had personality disorders and, you know, it's, it's quite, it's used really like lax on the yeah, internet these days. And is. people are scared. They're scared of like becoming narcissists. Right. But when you really look into that, I mean, the, the belief I have around any kind of journey, and I, and I do this too, whenever I'm kind of learning something new is I have this tendency to sort of swing too far in one direction and then course correct. And the pendulum always swings back, you know, to the middle mm-hmm. eventually. So it's giving yourself grace, um, on the path towards learning how to, integrate something new into your life. So the worry is, oh, well, if I love myself or if I become so compassionate with myself, I'm going to, you know, stop caring about other people or I'm going to do this or this or that. And and the fact is, OK, sure, maybe you might really need to go inward for a bit and kind of, yes, maybe some relationships in your life are not going to get the attention that they necessarily deserve. But we only have so much bandwidth and we sometimes we need to take that time to really go into our own journey and then again self-trust to know and trust in the universe and patterns and cycles to know that the pendulum will swing Mm -hmm. and you do have a good heart and you do have the best of intentions and you will have the self-awareness to go oh okay well yeah, I've been really into my journey and myself and now I'm ready to take care of some of these relationships and now I'm actually able to take care of them better than I would have before Mm -hmm. and hopefully those people see that and can actually also be in a place in their own journey where they have awareness and compassion too and like can appreciate it, right? So there's just a lot of fear, which I get and not every relationship will survive your growth and that's not Mm -hmm. something that you can cling to,
0: right? Yeah. We can't attach to anything. I think having the fear, I, when people, you know, they have this fear that I don't want to be manipulative or narcissistic. I'm like, well, you're aware of it. You're aware of it so much that you, can you trust yourself not to? Like the fact that you don't yeah. want to, I, I trust that you won't. Yeah. You know, and it's like having that, I believe like most narcissists, if they are like, don't have that awareness. I mm-hmm. so, like the fact that you do.
1: Yeah. There you go. Right
0: yeah exactly. so like, for full permission to let go of that fear mm-hmm. and yeah that word has been thrown around same with gaslighting I know like,
1: I'm like I know I'm like I've seen it used incorrectly so many times lately I'm like I don't think we even know what this
0: means me too or like Trump like trauma bonds like on my on my story on my videos and like I'm like honey you're talking to a trauma-informed coach like yeah I know what a drama bond is. That's not my situation, but thank you. At least, you know, a word that you're yeah. aware of something, but don't you're project. On
1: your you're on yeah. your way. <laughs> it's
0: just like, not everything is everything, right? Like
1: <laughs> Yeah. But I think this is an example of the pendulum swinging, right? Like mm-hmm. we're coming into a time in the world where a lot more awareness is being had about mental health. Oh yeah. You know, and it's, it's cute and it's, it's great. And it's funny because you know, I'm hearing like Gen Z, you know, stuff on the internet, and they're talking about relationships. It's like bringing up concepts like codependency, and I'm like, damn, I didn't even learn what codependency was until I was, you know, yeah. past 25. You know, and so cool. Maybe we're getting it misunderstood a little bit, but like, hey, course correction is honest. Exactly. It And we always kind of swing a little bit too far before we figure it out. And, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see. It's beautiful to see, you know? Yeah.
0: I think it's cool because it means we're all growing and evolving as a collective. And at the end of the day, like we're humans. We learned through our lessons and our mistakes and Mm -hmm. coming back again, have compassion with yourself.
1: And for others, like, yeah, that's it. When we can have compassion for ourselves, we can also like, what judgment for example right whenever we're judging somebody else it's Mm -hmm. because there's a story that exists there about how we are not that thing right so Mm -hmm. I give an example when I teach you about this like hey you see someone who's out in pajama pants at the mall and you're like oh my god I can't believe that person would be wearing that in public and then your next thought which maybe isn't a conscious thought is I would never do that because I'm not lazy, or I'm not mm-hmm. this, or I'm not that. And and so then the thought is, if I were that, I would be bad, I would be less valuable, I would be less worthy. And so there's an insecurity that always exists with that judgment. And it can always start with like compassion for the human experience in yourself, first and foremost, right? So mm-hmm. that's, it's, it's, yeah, if you're, if you're being very judgmental, if you find yourself being highly critical and judgmental, it's a huge red flag that you are that yeah. way to yourself.
0: Oh, yeah, that was a part of my journey.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> was like super judgy. I never said any of it out loud. Like I was never a rude, judgmental person outwardly, but oh, yeah,
0: totally. Yeah. It's like, oh, what do I have to do within? Oh, so the amount of healing around that. But still, again, have compassion with yourself. Even I'll have a judgment thought now. And I'm like, okay, it's just a thought. I am not my thought. Yeah. How yeah, have, yeah,
1: exactly. I'll have a judgy thought and I'll be like, "Oh, well, that was mean," and then I'll be like, well, "What am I telling myself about me?" You know?
0: Yeah, this is, yeah. and again, it's the part of our growth and our awareness. And mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, like I love your your mission and your messaging is just like have go through life in a compassionate way with yourself and with others. And I believe that when you do that, that's when you have more um, fulfillment and 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 love and happiness in yourself and in your life because you're not coming from that doesn't feel good
1: yeah and the other thing I want to say too because it can be exhausting right like it can be just so such a full-time job to like constantly be monitoring yourself and your ways of being that's what I love about the compassion framework specifically is that your are it, it makes it to like your job your purpose is not healing right there's actually this song by tony jones so i don't know if, if you guys know tony jones but you gotta look her up um because she's incredible she I actually had her on my podcast and um she's got this one song she makes affirmation music and she got one song called healing is not my purpose oh that was a big thing for me because no. I viewed all of this as like it, I viewed myself as like a DIY fix it project.
0: Ooh.
1: And that is not that is not abundant energy. <laughs> that is not abundant energy. It's like
0: the like you're not broken type of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even there's like the, there's a, even there's this lyric in this one Lizzo song and she's like, you're broken, but you're beautiful. And I was like, no, uh, you, like, that's the, oh, I love Lizzo and I love her message, but she said that. And I was like, no, you are not broken. Nobody yeah. broken. You may feel, you know, that you've got to put the pieces of yourself back together, but that doesn't mean that you're broken. Right.
0: Just, yeah. Yeah, I agree. You're just a little bent. Just like let's straighten yeah. you back out into alignment and yeah, yeah, and flow. Yeah. Well, I love this. I love this conversation, and I I think it's exactly what I know a lot of my listeners right now are going through. Just like heavier times, just based on conversations we're, we've been having. And I know that the reminder to have more compassion with yourself, with where you're at, in your life is going to be the message that I know you guys need to hear right now. Mm-hmm. What would you say? what what could you wish you could tell your younger self well whatever, whatever age like what is something that you just needed to hear
1: <laughs> something i would have needed to hear but wouldn't have been able to hear how would i have phrased it so i would have been able to understand at that time um <laughs> Because, you know, things don't always land, right? Even if it's the thing you need to hear the most, it doesn't always land because you hear it in a different way, right? You have to be like in a specific place to hear certain things for them to, to, to land. But what I definitely needed to hear was like, you actually don't have to do or be anything to be worthy and to be capable, like- You know, it always was like very much, I had to prove it. And Mm. it was like everything felt like transactional because it felt like, well, if I don't, then what do I have to offer? How could it be possible that my mere existence could be enough? Because then, like, I'm just taking and I'm not giving and it's not fair, you know? But I had to really learn that lesson of yeah, everybody's giving and taking you know, everybody's inconveniencing one another, but you need to trust that your value is not just in what you bring to the table.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: just your heart. Like, yeah, you people get to see your heart and that's the thing they value most about you.
0: I love that. That's a good one. That is good. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I know some people probably... Do that one and that did land for people who needed yeah. to hear that
1: well that was that was a hard one for me to learn for sure
0: awesome well thank you what would you say just because we do talk you gave some reference are your top um either books that you would recommend or resources that have supported you or your clients on the way for those who want to just dabble in a little more
1: for sure. So I have two. Um, the Gifts of Imperfection is actually required reading inside of my main space, which is Master of Manifestation. I'm upgrading it to a mastermind title.
0: Cool. Um,
1: gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. I call it my Bible. And uh, the Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook. You can get it on Amazon by Dr. Kristen Neff. One of these days, I'm going to have my own book and own workbook.
0: Heck yeah. So
1: with this, you know, upcoming creation I have around compassion focused manifestation. But for now, those are my two outsourced most valued resources for understanding how to live this way.
0: I love that. And what about you? What offers do you have? Where can people find you?
1: Yeah. So the master of manifestation, um, you know it's still still currently called a membership but it's not it's not really a membership in a traditional sense because it is much higher level um so it's vip access to all of my courses and it's basically an everything membership plus uh group coaching so there's weekly embodiment calls and it's a commitment like it's a you can join for less time but the people who join for less time usually come back and end up joining for the full year so uh, it's like a year-long journey into being an embodiment and making manifestation your operating system like in my messaging i used to say you know make manifestation your way of being so you can manifest in half the time does that mean it's a silver bullet or like some specific strategy that I'm going to teach you to like flip a switch and manifest in half the time no but will it help you become a much much faster better manifester in the long run yes because perseverance and commitment and decision are so, so, so valuable and so underrated, mm-hmm. especially in this quantum leap culture. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I love that. So if they're interested, where where can they find you if they want to follow you or learn more information on that?
1: Yeah. So uh, min- uh, what the heck was I just going to say? Instagram, minstagram, Fox <laughs> on Instagram, uh, M-I-L-L-I-F-O-X. And, you know, I got my highlights that explain things link in link bio. The Master of Manifestation currently is still on open enrollment, which means you can sign up anytime. I may be making some changes to that. So I don't know when people are listening, but there may be that may not be the case when you hear it, but right now it still is open enrollment. It's my, it's my main container and you also get access to any new and live courses I teach throughout the year. So I don't have a schedule of like live courses, but it's kind of what I feel I love that I to do along the way and things that are complementary to the, the main topics that, awesome. that I teach in there. So it's fun, amazing. I get to go deep with people. You know, it's not like this quick dip in where people like learn a bunch of info from me and then they, you know, yeah. Yeah.
0: never hear yeah. from them again. It's an experience, and I'm all about that. Well, I'll put all of the links um, in the show notes, just how to get in contact with you, where to follow you, Thank and you. and whatnot. Thank you so much for being on the show. I love this conversation. I know yeah. we need to spread more of this message. So I'm so I'm so grateful that you are that you're doing that and.
1: Thank you. It was really, really great. We went everywhere. Yes.
0: (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for everyone for listening. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with me and write an Apple iTunes review so I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me, you can find me on Instagram at Tatiana underscore Kuto. Make sure to tag me in any posts that you share. I love and appreciate you so much and cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out and radiate your light into the world.